Hey everybody, Zach Shaver here. You ever look out in the distance and wonder why those ducks circling aren't finishing in your decoys? Well, it's probably because you don't have a 737 duck call on your lanyard. Guys, take it from me. If you take anything from this podcast, listen to my advice on this. I've been doing this since I was four years old. I'm 25 now. I'll let you do the math. All right. I carry nothing but 737 on my lanyard. It is my go-to call when the going gets tough. When I need to get the birds down, that's what I'm going to. Do yourself a favor and go to www.737duckcalls.com and order you one today. Also, look them up on their social media on Instagram and Facebook at 737duckcalls. Hey, boys and girls, Andy Shaver here. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. This show is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Dive Bomb is the leader in silhouette manufacturing in the decoy market today. They're what we use. We use them seven days a week. You know, it's not like we're, we're pushing a product on you that we don't fully believe in because, hey, we use them too. Their color schemes are out of this world. They've got these deep, dark, uh, rich colors on their decoys. Their stake system is phenomenal, and they pack up like a dream. So on those days that you have to walk your stuff out, out to the field, Farmer won't let you drive in, dive bomb pack up nice and neat. You can just walk your decoys right out there, no problem at all. And for listeners of this podcast, if you like money, Dive Bomb is going to let you keep just a little bit more in your pocket by using the promo code Big Honker at checkout. That's promo code Big Honker, all lowercase, two words, big space honker. Save yourself 10% at checkout. The season's coming quick. Go to divebombindustries.com today. Fill up your shopping cart. Use the promo code Big Honker. Save yourself some money. Get you some great looking decoys. This is Jeff Stanfield. Thank you for listening to Big Honker Podcast. Big Honker Podcast is sponsored by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Two fat boys from Wichita Falls, Texas had a vision 27 years ago they were going to start getting guiding hunts. 27 years later, we were one of the largest waterfowl outfitters in the United States. We had 27 years in the, in the business. We'll take care of you. If you're looking for that dove hunt, deer hunt, duck hunt, goose hunt, Texas, Oklahoma, shoot some pheasants or doves, wild hogs, call us at Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. That's www.stanfieldhunting.com. And we look forward to talking to you. Just ask for the fat guy. We'd like to thank our sponsor, William and Chris Wines. That's WilliamChrisWines.com out of High Texas. And that is home of the Sway Rose. I've been saying it Sway Rose, it's Sway Rose, because I don't I'm not much of a wine drinker. Michelle's a wine drinker, and I got educated <laughs> on all of this. So, anyways, <laughs> this commercial is brought to you by William and Chris Wines.com out of High Texas. That can be found at Bucky's H E B and Central Market. I thought Sway was like another company or something. It's 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 Sway Rose. Really, Chris Chris educated me. He sent me a message with a with a line over the e. He didn't only just yeah. He not only sent me a message. He sent me one of those voice texts mm-hmm. and it said Sway Rose. Rose, yeah. Rose is the the popular one. Rose is actually really good. I like Rose. Well, he's fixing to send us a bunch of it. I like so, a good. So rose. I've been saying Sway Rose. You fucked that all. Up. I'm not a wine drinker. I don't know. Wow. Anyways, Chris sent me a deal and he said, Jeff, that's Sway Rose. And he not only spelled it out, but then he sent me the Sway Rose. Rose. And I started to record his little way of saying it to put it in there. But anyways, folks, they're great sponsors. It's a great product, great people. That's William and Chris Vineyards in High Texas. Such a great product, you didn't even know the name. Well, if you're a wine drinker, it's a, it is. Michelle says it's a great product. She's love, a wine drinker. Yeah, I love rose. I've that's what they that's what they gave us in Oklahoma. Yeah, that was before they put it on the market. I'll be. I yeah. feel special now. Uh, well, Go get you some Sway Rose.
Ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of the Big Honker Podcast, we have a cool cat on here. We've got Randy Gary from Louisiana. Folks, Randy's hunted in Canada, North Dakota, South Dakota, hunts Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, and Louisiana. He runs swamp dogs, chasing them swamp rabbits. He's treated a bear. He's killed everything in the in the world that you can kill in the waterfowl business. He had a guide service for years. He's a great guy, old school, old timer, appreciates and respects waterfowl, and appreciates being an American and everything it stands for. And ladies and gentlemen, not a better person I could think of to have on here than Fourth of July week than Randy Gary, old friend of mine and a great guy. And if you've been in the waterfowl business for years and know anything about the old timers, he is one of the legends and one of the true pioneers in the waterfowl business. Anyways, it's Randy Gary, and thank you for listening to the Big Honker Podcast and get ready for that wonderful music. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. Happy to have everybody along. And we have a very special guest today. One of the funniest guys I know. An old-time waterfowl hunter. A guy who does everything you could imagine if you lived in Louisiana. A true Louisiana icon, Mr. Randy Gary. Randy, glad to have you. How you doing? I'm glad to be here, buddy. You have been, sure around, am. You have been around the waterfowl business Pricing, how, how, how long you been around the waterfowl hunting? Oh, decades, decades. Back before they had Google Maps and before everybody grew beards and before <laughs> Dynasty was on the air, I can tell you that. Uh, you know, the first time I met you, Randy, I was at a hunting show, probably in Shreveport. And hold on just a minute, I'm having some problem tech issues oh. again. Is that better, Andy? Every, yeah. So we're going to start right back. One of the first times I met you, Randy, I was at a hunting show, and I believe it was in Shreveport, Louisiana, and me and Zach, my middle son, were there together. And you come walking up, and you had tattoos on you, and your call, and your bands, and your long hair. And Zach was just looking at you, just mesmerized. And you, and you walked off, and Zach goes, that's one cool old dude right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't quite so old back then, I can tell you that. Uh, you know, David Reese used to guide for you, and he he come from uh, Yankee Land, uh, Minnesota, and he'd guide in Texas, and he come spend a week with me. Well, he got off the plane when I picked him up. He had all this Stanfield monogram luggage and stuff. I was all <laughs> jealous of that. I just want you to know that right there, because <laughs> I got it in three places then, and I didn't get no luggage. <laughs> I always tried to take care of my employees, so you could have come to work for I us. I see that. You still could come to work for us. I'd love to have you around here. Man, you know the thing about guiding is it's babysitting rich people for a living, and some of them are quite pleasurable, and some of them, uh, some of them aren't. Nowadays, if you see me hunt with somebody three times, they're a real nice guy. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that, but, yeah, but every every but, once in a while, you get that one, you get those groups that make you work for it. That's exactly right. I like the ones that don't mind getting a little dirty because the only time you kill a bunch of ducks and geese. 
when the sun's shining and it ain't raining and everything's pretty, then do you prince. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, you got you got to <laughs> suffer for the rest of it, buddy. Now, yeah. now did you got you got it in Canada or North Dakota for a while, didn't you? Uh, um, I got it in uh, South Dakota for years, but I still hunt North Dakota every year, and uh, I make a little trip to Canada with some of my buddies. Yeah, I kept up with you last year because we were in, or maybe it was two last two, two years ago. Was we it two years ago? Year. We were getting the weather report, and you were going to bail out on North Dakota and go to Canada, and then the weather got good. That's right, because uh, you know what we do? We go up there and we take a week. I had some friends have a house up there, and we hunt the first week, and then we put our license on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring like some pigeon decoys and stuff like that to kind of hold us over, and we'll pheasant hunt South Dakota. And we'll wait on that weather because you never know what kind of weather you're going to get in the month of uh, late October in the Dakotas. So now in Louisiana, all them boys you've hunted around, you, you grew up around all the, the famous people, didn't you? Well, yeah. Um, you know, Phil's, Phil's nephew used to guide for me, and then like three of the boys who worked the Haydales used to guide for me. So there's, there's, there's a waterfowl heritage here in this part of North Louisiana. There just ain't no ducks. We don't winter ducks. We don't stage ducks. They don't stay here long enough to get their feet wet. They go straight to South Louisiana. And what kind of ducks are you mostly shooting down there? Is it mostly, uh, uh, you know, teal and stuff like that, or do you get the mallards and everything else? Well, in North Louisiana, you get a lot of mallards, but I go down South Louisiana and shoot their ducks, too. And then it's teal and gadwall and pintails. And I would rather shoot cans than anything else because they wouldn't let you kill them that long. I like the way they come in, how big they are. But down here, if it ain't green here, it ain't a duck, you know. Mm-hmm. But most of those guys feel that way. Don't have they got Carly feathers in their hat. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. They yep. ain't kill very many of them. That's right. So, yeah. Now the canvas back hunting is that at Catahoula? Is that the like in Louisiana that holds them all? Oh, I, yeah. I've we we have one of the greatest. You know, canvas back numbers, but now you can kill two. Hopefully, you'll still be able to. But it was one for a while, and it was none before that. So I'm still mad at them. They, they those are fun to shoot. I had never shot a canvas back until this past year, and we were hunting on a, pond, a stock pond in uh, Oklahoma, and we we had seven guys, and we shot we shot a limit of canvas backs. First time I've ever shot canvas backs in my life. They were fun to shoot. They're quite callable, and they decoy so good mm-hmm. you know, i got those layout boats i kind of i'm a little little out the box and i have enough friends on social media i see what state they're killing them where they're at right then and i got friends in right. those states i hunt about five different states what world do you hunt i hunt uh, oklahoma texas louisiana arkansas uh north dakota uh sometimes south dakota depends if you get drawn Mm-hmm. So I'm quite versatile, and if the ducks still don't cooperate, I bust out them rabbit dogs because rabbits don't migrate. <laughs> rabbit? <huh? laughs> oh, he's a swamp. He's a. Ch- Tell me about your dogs. How many dogs you run? I have the oldest beagle breed in the United States, patch hounds, pure patch since 1896, and they're snowshoe hair dogs, which make a mile circle and never go in the hole. And uh, I use them for swamp rabbits, but. I never let them see a swamp rabbit until they're about six months old. I teach them to run cottontails and briars first. 
And if you see me with a woman or a dog more than three times and you can't buy it or lease it, you need to come in the middle of the night and steal it because it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Women and dogs eat the same amount of food. It don't cost no more to feed a good one than it does a sorry one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it put so eloquently, but yeah, that, there's a lot of well, truth to that. It's, it's the truth. Dog <laughs> food costs money. So does Dillard's. Yeah. <laughs> so wh- where did you grow up in Louisiana, southern or northern? Um, I, I grew up in um, Dodson. Yeah, that's where I started school at, but my people were pipeline welders. So I think when I was six months old, we lived in like eight states. Wow. So then I had to kind of live with my mother, you know, while my mother went off and raised mortal hell. So, yeah, she was a card, buddy. So now, what'd your mom, what'd your mom do for a living? <laughs> First, she was a stripper. <laughs> and then uh, some Louisiana legislatures decided they want to come get eight of them to be their secretary. Oh, wow. My mom lasted 13 years, but she said she could type and do shorthand. She could. So... She could type and do shorthand, huh? Yeah, shorthand. She said she wasn't no lap sitter. Yeah, <laughs> she was. A, she was a card, buddy. And what, what, told what, me one time she was gonna name me Target because everybody in town had a shot. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh. There were none like her. No, I'll tell you that. So how'd you get into hunting? Did did that's all I've ever done? I mean, you know, when I was nine, I got my first rabbit dog. Uh, about twelve, got my first squirrel dog. And since uh, they couldn't do anything with me, they just turned me loose. And, you know, shells was pretty cheap, so I stayed out of trouble as long as I could shoot something in the face. Did Did you have the old paper shells back then? Jeff's talked about them a couple times on the podcast. No, I ain't that old. I ain't that old. We shot paper hulls because my dad got them cheap and we reloaded them. But, by God, if you got them wet, they'd swell up and you couldn't shoot the damn things. But they but shotgun shells were three dollars and fifty cents a box, and twenty two shells were fifty nine cents a box. So that's a lot of cheap entertainment. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, that and hauling hay. And, uh, I was in coon hides, and I was in money. Well, I'm not asking for nothing. They just let me go. So now the, the, these we're gonna go back to the dogs for a minute. And these swamp rabbits. I, what, what's the difference between a swamp rabbit and a cottontail? A cottontail pulls all these little tricks and stuff. And a swamp rabbit will give you some long circles like a deer. And uh, they, won't, uh, they won't go in the hole right away. And they'll do some water tricks. They're a true test to a dog. Huh. I mean, uh, they really are. It's a whole different ball game with swamp rabbits. But boys nowadays, they don't have to be dog men. You have Google Map on your phone so you know where you're at. You have a GPS with 18 degrees of shock and stimulation. And every 2.5 seconds, it tells you where your dog is, mm-hmm. colored on the map. Yes. So you can make him be deer-proof, hog-proof, come when you want. And you look on the map and see if he's coming. And not only that, you can see the, the trail the rabbit ran last time. And you can go get right during that trail. So it's a lot easier nowadays when they're young ones now, than, than what it was when we were kids. Do you run into gators when you're doing this a lot? Uh, yeah, I hunted a gator farm last year, and uh, I seen some video of it. It was it was pretty amazing. We do, but uh, you know, we, we run to them bow fishing because I bow fish all the time. You you hunted a gator farm for these? We, hunt, we uh, rabbit hunted a gator farm. 
Wow. Since then, gator breeding farm. We killed a bunch of them. It was the last day of the season. We killed a bunch of swamp rabbits. I didn't know that they didn't feed gators during the winter because if it turns hot, the food won't digest and it'll rot in their stomach and kill them. So when we come up here in February, they ain't been fed since November. Oof. Buddy, they were ready to eat something. They scared me to death. <laughs> and I'm from Louisiana, and I said, what's wrong with them? Yeah. So they haven't eaten. So you, oh. you've, you've been in the swamps with waders on. Have you ever had to deal with a gator come up at you? Uh, we had one in Arkansas they called Clarence. And uh, they said he was a state record. He was uh, on the back edge of Chico Lake in Lake Village when I had an operation there. I had about two miles of that river released. And the locals wouldn't hunt it because the Arkansas boys at that time, they, they was a little more scared of gators. Uh, I'm not wading with them. And so I got that hole pretty cheap. But they're 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 not gonna mess with. They will eat your dog. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, they will eat the dog now. Ha, have you ever lost a dog to a gator? No, but my buddies had the shock collar be in the gator's belly when he tracked it. Oh my goodness! It ate beagle, oh and my he tracked goodness. it to the gator. Did he get a shock collar back? I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 if he called the game warden to dispatch the gator, I'm sure he did. I would be more worried of water moccasins and, and things of that nature than I would be a gator. I have 11 dogs bit in the last year. And if you look on my Facebook, you'll see one that was bit last week. I had to bring her in the house. When you see me with a dog in the house, I'm worried about her. Really? But I've had 11 bit in the last year by cotton mouse. Wow. But they only get bit once because a, a beagle can smell a cotton mouse because they stink. Huh. So if they can smell which a rabbit, yeah. which direction he's going... They can smell a cotton mouth. And they get bit once, and if they get bit again, it'll be on the back foot or something. It right. won't be in the face when they're headed toward them. Right. Now, um, I've always heard that cotton mouse can be very aggressive, and they'll, they'll almost get in the boat with you. They will. We're, we boat fish all the time, and, uh, and uh, they're, just, they're just mean. I mean, they just are. They're probably the meanest of all. But, you know, thank God they don't usually kill dogs. Because right. poison goes 800 on a rattlesnake, 140 on a cottonmouth, and 70 on a copperhead. So a rattlesnake kills them about half the time, depending on where they're bit. Uh-huh. But, you know, usually a cottonmouth, the only way a cottonmouth really kills them is, like her, you get throat bit and it closes up the throat and the nose. Right. And she can't breathe. That's that's mainly how they'll, they'll die. Right. So this dog that, that, when did you say it got bit? I bit last week. How how is she doing? Oh, she's fine. She's, she's fine, fine now. But you know, I keep a, I keep alum in the truck, powdered alum, which is persimmons, green persimmons, and I keep Benadryl in there. And then when you get home, you give her two raw eggs, and then uh, I keep a shot of Dax and penicillin in there, and I hit her with that. And uh, that kind of that kind of just takes the swelling down and works. on the only thing you can you can do that a vet can't. You can give IV. But mm-hmm. if you'll pity you like that dog, mm-hmm. you know, and you can, every two hours you'll pity you like with a big old syringe, then you can keep her hydrated. And, but that's only the throat bit ones. They're really not that, not that bad. I've been bit before Bye. in the leg, and I was coon hunting, and uh, I bumped up on a tree in the moss out here on the lake. And he bit me in the leg and got one fang in there. Mm. And uh, That's before I was a diabetic. Now I can't afford to get bit. Yeah. Now, let me, let me ask you this. We talked about you, you, you said you bow fish. Do you do you yeah. ever frog gig where they hang over the side of the boat and grab the frogs at night with a spotlight? Oh, of course. But <laughs> we don't have the frogs like we used to. We used to really have them. 
Yeah, my buddies, uh, you know, our season just opened. My buddies out there uh, last night. They called me last night trying to get me to go with them. But I'd rather bow fish than frog gig, uh, personally. Now, I've never, you just you just have the frog, you just have the legs, don't you? That's all you eat off of the frogs? The, the, the legs, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. When, when you do, when you hang over the edge of the boat and you do it with a light, you just grab them. Don't you worry about grabbing a freaking snake? You can or grab them or you can, you can grab them or you can gig them and not break the skin. And they've got gigs, and I think they let you break the skin. But, but you know, real men, they grab them. Fuck that. Just like, uh, just like us hog hunters, you know, a lot of buddies, I made them a coon squirrel hawk and uh, bear dog videos, fur and paint. And uh, we'd get them hogs and tie them hogs up and, you know, catch them with them bulldogs and, you know, they do all that stuff, and they take pictures of them. We bring them out live, and then they get them up there and shoot them. I said, man, if we're going to shoot him, let's shoot him in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of bringing him all the way out to the camp. So I, boys or something. And I know you eat everything because I see your Facebook all the time. Have you ever eaten Nutra? Uh, I have. I have. I've eaten that in paper at Outdoor Show. But uh, I, I usually, I, I kind of give most of it away now. I have a list of folks that just love to have it. And my girls get tired of cleaning it. <laughs> <laughs> Real men ain't supposed to clean that. That's what women for. Yeah, we all come in through it on the porch and then the frying pan. So them Indians had that shit got made, and we fucked that all up. That's right. That's exactly right. We surely did. But, but you need uh, you need to come down. You were interested in that frog gigging. I got some buddies. I hook you up with. No, I ain't. I'm not. I'm not grabbing nothing out of that water at night in a swamp. I'm scared to death. I'm a West Texas boy, and I love water, but I don't want to be in no green, nasty-ass water with alligators and snakes. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> That's why I love Louisiana. I can't stand it. You know, I've been to the mountains. i tell you what, I'd never been bear hunting with dogs until I was like 40. And that was like kissing a girl at 40 years old. <laughs> and they dumped the first pack out, and it started squalling and fighting and baying. And when I got there that night before, they wanted to call me Goldilocks. Well, you know, I didn't like that shit too much. You know, I got long hair. <laughs> so they had a TV show, and and uh, I got right up on the bear, and the bear got crippled, and I run in there with the camera filming, and the dogs got in between us, and... They looked at me kind of funny, and the next one, you're too close to the tree, I'm all right. And they wounded a bear, and I get on my hands and knees and go in there with the wounded bear. And then uh, then uh, the bear went across the river, and the TV crow said, what are we going to do now? So I took off my clothes down to my underwear, <laughs> swam over with the camera, filmed it, and swam back with the bear. Oh so that night, the boy said, we're going to call you Billy Ray. Goldilocks <laughs> you. So I guess Billy Ray was an upgrade from Goldilocks. What yeah. the hell? Now, where'd you do this bear hunting at? In Louisiana? No, North North Carolina. Oh, in North Carolina. Yeah, with dogs. Now, no honey bun stuff. I'm talking about dogs. No honey bun stuff. How big, how big the bear? They're pretty big in Carolinas, aren't they? I got a 402-pounder. Sure. But they've killed six 85s and 725s. And that, uh, they, don't, they don't hibernate there. So they oh. get way bigger. Where, you know, you, your other bears, the colder places, they hibernate. Yeah, mm -hmm. y'all have uh, bears. That's what some guys do. You got bears yeah. in Louisiana now too, don't you? Yeah, but we we never be able to hunt them. They built them up and stocked them, and you know we we won't be able to hunt them. We don't have the heritage of it, and you know we got and a few PETA folks, or you know not as many as most states, but 
we have a few, and they won't, they won't let her let us home, I'm sure. Democrats are trying to take that shit away from all of us. Ooh, buddy, I'm a working-class white patriot. Do not start me. <laughs> oh, I know what side you're thing, on. The only good thing about going to war with them is they ain't going to win. No. Okay? Yeah. No, they ain't going to win. If they had four guns, they, they, they screwed up right there. Give <laughs> up your guns. I'm going to keep mine in hand. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. So, they, now, do you do a lot of – I'm a big fan of Louisiana. It's my my favorite clients in the world out of Louisiana. It's good people. They appreciate hunting. They love the outdoors. You do a lot of fishing too, then, because you're bow fishing. Now you're shooting just carp and gar at night, or what are you shooting? Uh, we can shoot catfish and carp and gar and goo and grinnell. And you know, I have a lot of black friends that I dearly love, and they dearly love garballs. So if they don't go to waste. I give them all they want. You know. Then they let me rapid hunt their land, so kind of works out. Now, win, guess, win. Guess, have you ever been bow fishing? No, no, I have not. Oh man, it's thrilling. I've heard that. Everybody really? I know that does it says it's a blast. It how, is. How, we're how we're do blessed do... down here. We really are blessed. How do you do the bow fishing? Uh, we have lights on boats uh-huh. and uh, generators, and we shoot off decks and stuff. So it, you... it's quite, it's quite interesting. It makes up for our lack of ducks. <laughs> I'll tell you a little story. I'm in North Louisiana. North Louisiana and South Louisiana are two different states. Okay? Mm-hmm. Not just because they have New Orleans, which which I boycott. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. they uh, they run our state. They always have. That's where the power is. And we send our oil money. And I can see no money down there, and they just keep it. But uh, they set our duck season, you know, say it'll be December 5th to the 19th. There'll be a break. That's when our ducks come through to South Louisiana. So we had a meeting up there, and I know everybody. So I went up there, and I raised mortal hell, made the paper and shit. <laughs> and uh, then uh, then my buddies from South Louisiana, real rich old man, they invited me down there to this fancy club where you shoot the 248 ducks, 17 blind limit every morning by 830. It's, it's heaven on earth, you know, if you don't want to shoot greenhead. So, uh <clears throat> I got down there, and my, my redneck buddies from North Louisiana said I sold out for a pot of gumbo and three teal hunts. They said, you can't beat them, join them, buddy. I'm That's right. You. Uh, so why do you, why do you boycott uh, New Orleans? Because if you take five democratic cities out of the United States, we'd be like 90-something in murders instead of like nine. Right. You took those five anti-gun cities out. Mm-hmm. That ought to tell you right there what the problem is. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, well, that's that's why it, I boycott New Orleans. It ain't, they don't like us. They don't care about us. I mean, look at their roads. How nice their roads are. In North Louisiana, but we don't want them to care about us. We'd rather them give us to Texas. <laughs> I would. I'm just saying we have a whole lot more in common with Texas than we do South Louisiana. Yeah. You know, I we me and my wife go to New Orleans once or twice a year, every year. And I, I love New Orleans. I like the food. <clears throat> I like the history. But it it is probably the most vile city that I've been to anywhere. And yeah, it's the worst one with Louisiana got. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, and, and it's got a lot of history and it's a neat place, but it does have some. It's it's a lot of debauchery, which that don't bother me that much. It's just a rough place, but it's scary. Well, Louisiana's crooked, man. We're just we're just we're crooked. That's all, and we know we're crooked, and we really don't have that much problem with it. Like Eddie Edwards, when he was gonna run for governor, 
By the way, I guided his lawyers in South Dakota, and I asked them what the hell they was up there celebrating because my boy found guilty. And they said, well, he ain't in prison yet. Well, they was wrong about that because he sure went. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he said, I said, they said, can Dave Treen beat you? He said, the only way Dave Treen can beat me for governor is I get caught in bed with a dead woman or a live boy. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you about Louisiana politics right there. You know, not a live woman. I can't do nothing. Yeah. You know? A dead woman or a live boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> A dead woman or a live boy. So we know we're crooked, and we're just pretty well good with it. Yeah. Hey, you spend a lot of time in the woods, and and I've talked about this on other podcasts. Ninety percent of the men are, are are scared of the dark. I think that I've dealt with in the guiding and over all the years. Have, have you ever been out in the woods and had anything spook your ass? Oh. Uh. I'm really not because I couldn't hunt it for a long time. And I I tell you I have because I've been on them hog hunts and you get in there to grab the hog. Everybody grabs the hog after the bulldogs catch it and the damn light goes out. <laughs> now when you're holding some three hundred pounds or four inches of razor blade in his mouth and it's dark and you got him by his hind leg, you're trusting the bulldogs and the other people. So that's that's pretty damn scary. But that's about all. Uh, and there ain't no Bigfoot because some redneck like me would have him on the wall. Okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you. See, we've talked about that on a lot of them because people have seen or heard something. They don't know what it is. Well, and, and ain't no Black Panthers. Ain't never been a black one yet. Okay, You see them in late, late in the evening, early in the morning, they might look dark like a deer goes on a pipeline. But I'm just saying. Have you ever killed a cat, big cat? No, sir. I've been in on a couple of trees, but we didn't have a we didn't have permits. I have a. Um, um, I went to the Arkansas State one time. Was doing quite well in it. My dog tree, the bear, took the other two curves with him. They made me get up on the mountain and get the dogs because my dog treated the bear first. So it was a squirrel hunting. He treated a bear. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's just me. Yeah, I, I would think that would be cool too. Now the. the they're all. How big of a bear was this one? Uh, that one. No, oh, he was about two hundred, two fifty. Still big a enough. To, bear and was, <clears throat> yeah, big enough to eat you. Pretty good size. Do good you, enough to hurt a dog. Yeah. Do Do you think these young kids coming up today on all the social media and stuff? I personally, I don't think they respect hunting like they should. Do you, Do you see that to, with the youth today? Why should they? Look how easy they have it. That's it. <laughs> If your dog ran a deer back in the day, we had to take two dogs and a nine-foot piece of rope and tie the dogs together. Then we rode the roads till we saw a deer cross, and we turned the dogs loose. Well, them dogs might run in 100 yards. They're going to go around the tree. They're going to get hung up, and you come in there, and you administer some discipline to them. Well, then kids nowadays, everything's at the touch of their fingers. And there's no mystery. They know where every hole is because they've got Google Earth. So they don't have, and they've got mojos, and I know everybody likes mojos. And I mean, when they first come out, and Walter Saul's my buddy, I sponsored by him before he even had mojo. But decoy placement, and, and there's just a lot of stuff up that they're missing. And they're just a whole bunch more. Look where they can get to nowadays with mud motors, where we had to walk. Right. I mean, it's just, I grew up in Dakotas. Look, I have a goose cart, and I have a P-Rod that one there in decoys. And they have some excellent Ducks Unlimited walk-in areas only. Mm-hmm. But them boys think because it's Ducks Unlimited and that's private over there, that it's no good. 
Well, Ducks Unlimited doesn't do work here, but they do do a lot of work up there. And nobody's going to walk on the hire. Nobody. So you got it to yourself. That's the part the young ones can't. They can't grasp that part. They won't really do the work. That's just what I think. Did, the, did those old guys quit you last year in North Dakota when that wind kicked up to 50 miles an hour on that morning? And that was that was terrible. It was out of nowhere. Go ahead that and was tell the tell the story on it. That's interesting. It just it just it just flew out of nowhere. I mean, it was like 70 degrees, and the next thing you know, it's like 18 degrees and ice everywhere. Because some boy ain't really prepared for all that. I mean, it's rough. You you know you talk about the uh, the spinners, and I kind of equate that to uh, ice eaters. Ice eaters have just uh, you know they've stopped the migration in a lot of places like uh, you know Nebraska. Guys can uh, guys can put an ice eater out on a pond and have ducks on it pretty much all year long. Where years back they used to push through. But, you know, that stopped the migration. That is true. But, you know, Kansas and Oklahoma and stuff, they planted cotton back in the day. They right. didn't need cotton. And now you got water structures and you have corn. And you, I mean, Missouri, Missouri is blocking the Mississippi Flyway, and Kansas and Oklahoma blocks the Central Flyway. Right. Texas and Louisiana is not what it used to be. Anybody thinks it is, they'll remember the old days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just not the same, nor will it ever be the same. Yeah. You you, you have to move. You're going to have to move. Right. You can't just sit in the duck blind and, and then come to you anymore. Unless right. you're, you know, a place like Kansas or Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, and it's going to change more. And then, you know, it, it's just a, the writing's on the wall. If you don't think it can happen, Oklahoma didn't used to be what it is now. And look, everything's moved north. Right. Do you think that is uh, a change in farming practices, or do you think it's 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 a uh, winter? It I think it's a child. I don't believe in that that uh, climate. I think it's a change in farming practices and water. Right. You know, folks are holding it. And anytime you know, if you have duck clubs that have something that they don't hunt, and then I think the federal government should allow youth hunting on some of those preserves that they hold the ducks on. Just kids. Let the kids go in there every two weeks and bust it up. Right. And that's just, that's what I believe because it's hard to compete with, with you know, a bunch of live ducks sitting over there that aren't disturbed. Yeah. No, that, that, that that's a good point. And, and water was kind of uh, our big downfall whenever the, the drought of 2011, we've talked about it on the podcast, and it, uh, it, it, changed, it changed the landscape of, of Texas hunting for sure. In the first dry years, they get up in the Dakotas. They farm all the way to the potholes. Right. I mean, they do, and they don't give it back. They're like the federal government. Once they get it, they don't give it back. They keep killing that stuff. Uh huh. I mean, they they have rules that you know who and some of the best programs like your CRP. That's good common sense, buddy. That's like Social Security. You understand? That's something they shouldn't mess with. It's mm-hmm. it's beneficial to all. But, you know, Social Security rewards a working man. And we're in the society where everybody gets a trophy. Right. That's right. I mean, so they should left CRP alone. And whatever they could do to lay some ground over and put some aside, because the government squanders enough money anyway. It should be beneficial. Everybody's down on hunters. But, you know, it's our money that does everything. 
hundred percent. They're certainly not Peter's money. No. All they do is fight anti, you know, anti hunting ads. You ever, them people that get them canoes and go hiking and them granola crunchers, they don't pay their way. They don't either. spend no money. No, not at all. No. Oh, I, I, look! I used to when I got to Dakotas, I go and uh, I've gotten Indian reservations in. I go and I look at the geese at this big fancy place where they a state run thing where they kept the geese, you know, and then they'd go out thirty miles to eat. Well, I'd follow them. Well, some of those blue-haired old ladies, okay, they would block the road and say their car was messed up and stuff. You know, my car's messed up. You can't go down this road. Really? Us being from Louisiana, we come up here with 38. Yeah. <laughs> big jacked up stuff. We would just go on around them. Oh, it would infuriate them. But they did everything they could do. And one day she, I said, you know the problem with you? She said, what is that? I said, every day you're harassing us. I said, Louisiana, you'd be standing over a skillet cooking hot water cornbread <laughs> for your man. Do you not have a man? She said, I certainly don't. I said, that's because you can't cook hot water cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like that too much. No, I, I think North Dakota is still, and, and South Dakota both it, are two of the last treasures in this country. When it just comes to, it's a throwback still, but it, it's getting more commercialized, and you can't get on the property you used to be able to get on. But it's still it, an amazing. And more commercialized, but they have laws in place to protect that. To be honest with you, we might not like them personally. I don't like them, like them because I don't live there. But you know. And who's going to lease property when you can only waterfowl hunt two weeks a, That's a right. year in North Dakota? That's right. And in South Dakota, two weeks every other year. So it keeps people from going up there and leasing that land. Right. And locking it up. Yep. Because it's, uh, you see, and back 20 years ago, and, uh, I used to go up that snow goose shootout in the 90s. Mm-hmm. That's where I met Grounds and Vink and Barts and, you know, Winnie Calvin boys. But, but uh, we compete in that contest and, Hey, look, girls would stop me and say, talk to us, because they want to hear that southern accent. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, then we discovered oil up there, and all my crazy-ass buddies went up there kissing everybody's wife and daughter, <laughs> and now they hate southern boys. Mm-hmm. So you can blame the oil field for that. Uh, I, I hunted in, uh, in, in Colorado one year, and I was with a, a guy from Colorado, <clears throat> and we went scouting, and he said, listen, we're going to have to leave your truck at the motel because... If any of these landowners see Texas plates, it's an automatic no. So they're not, they're not a fan of the Southern boys either in Colorado. But Texas boys go well, out and lose Col- all the. I ain't a fan of Colorado a whole lot, to be quite honest with you. Well, we shot a lot about, of bands. About half of it's Hollywood nowadays. Retired <laughs> Hollywood. It depends on what. And they got some good old boys, and they got some. Uh, they got some very liberal cities up there i had two of my customers sitting in a restaurant their wives had furs on Mm -hmm. the guy ran through there with orange construction paint and sprayed those furs and run out the restaurant that's an ass whooping right there just just drunk they couldn't catch it you know Mm. because they was you know older you know well-fed gentlemen (laughs) 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 it was a nice restaurant they ate there frequently so but I thought, man, Louisiana, just, it just don't happen like that. We take that for granted. We're kind of, I'm culture locked down here. Everybody I know is a good old boy. And uh, then when I travel, I realized that it's not the norm in the whole country. No, it's not. <clears throat> and you I have know- to hide the fact that you hunt <clears throat> in other places. 
in Louisiana, look here, look, if you don't hunt and you ain't got a duck caught in that boy's mouth after he got a pacifier, you're afraid he's going to be gay. What the <laughs> hell? That boy ain't got a duck caught he's seven? What the hell? You know? <laughs> the rest of the country, ain't they ain't like us. No. That's sad for them. It really is. In Texas, I love me some Texas. And I love me some Oklahoma, too. If, if uh, I think if I could live anyplace else, I like those states. I love the hunting up there, too. But Oklahoma's nice, man. Y'all got it made up there. We, we, we enjoy Oklahoma. It's, it's really good hunting, and it has changed. I've been in business a long time, and I've seen a definite change in things and a lot more commercialized than it used to be. But I sure wish I would have jumped on the Dakotas 20 years ago and went up there and experienced some of that stuff because – Oh, it was unbelievable. I've yeah. gone every year. I got buddies that come from South Carolina and pick me up from Louisiana and take me up there. They have a house in all the decoys every year. This last year, I spent six weeks because they wouldn't let me go home. I kept up I with said, you. I know. I said, the ducks ain't here. We're, I'm going home. No, we're going to pay you to go on vacation because we got to fly back and sponsor this wooden boat show or some shit. And uh, they sent their hands. They sent me to... Sturgis and dead whack up and going to Florida. No, you're not going to Florida. You won't come back. You can go to the Rockies. So I said, okay, well, let's go. So so it's, it's amazing. You just got to wait on the birds, but you can't predict it. Yeah, I did. I, so, I, mean, I, just, I kept up with you all the way from Mount Rushmore to Yellowstone and everywhere else you went. And I thought, man, yeah, I, you, I would like to be You see you hugging up with Rod Stewart's daughter? How you like that? I, I do, yes. You know what? I was well, in West... I was in Wisconsin. Me and my wife went to Wisconsin looking at the the fall the fall leaves because I wanted to go to Montana and scout out of some cornfields to go goose hunting on for this year, and ended up going to Wisconsin. But I kept up with you the whole time I was gone. You were gone, and I kept up with you the whole time. And I thought, man, if I could grow my hair out, I could be Randy Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I have a good time for a poor boy. Here's what life is. Life is a balance between toys and the time to play with it. Mm-hmm. Have a friend down the road with a 79 Ford truck and a leaky John boat. He fishes every day when he's got some money for bait. Mm-hmm. Have a friend down there with a $65,000 truck and a $60,000 Ranger. And he fishes once every two months. Mm. So who has the most quality life? That's right. You're exactly right. I have three Toyotas and six boats, and I I hunt five days a week. So I ain't neither one of them, but I had to get me a balance somewhere in there. But that's what life is. It's a balance of toys and times to play with. You know what, Randy? So, if, if, if you passed away tonight, you've lived a good life, haven't you? Man, I live it in this 15 minutes. I do not live it in day by day. Because if there's something I don't like, 15 minutes from now, I'll be doing something different, I'm telling you. You know, I've been blessed. I met a lot of people, and my construction walked hand-in-hand with uh, the guiding. So I got to audition friends. You know, I've done <laughs> a 1,000 guns a year. And if I liked them, you know, and if they didn't kill half the limit, I gave them a free hunt that year, or half their money back was their choice. So I made lifelong friends. And I can go to Walmart. Okay, when you when you're 59 years old and you can go to Walmart and throw in the money, no money, and ain't worried about who you run into except about 18 exes, <laughs> you live a good life. <laughs> Has Randy Gary been married? Randy Gary was married four months 
32 years ago, and she started beating on my girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, I didn't know how it worked. So I talked her into going in the Navy so we could go to Europe, because I didn't know no girls in Europe. And when she come out boot camp, I was afraid she's going to beat me up. <laughs> they had her run into a place. I said, oh, Lord. You know, I seen her on Facebook about five years ago. She sent me a request, and she got on there and said, you got all these girlfriends. That's why we're not together. I said, dang, why we're not together? Well, then why? I said, it's your pilot. She wouldn't keep your hands off of them. <laughs> keep your hands off of them. <laughs> yeah, she deleted me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, I don't I don't really play with them a whole lot. They're not the bartering chip they used to be. Uh-huh. When the cute face and swinging hips walked up to me, I melted. Now I just look at them and see grandkids and drama. <laughs> so uh, I'm just saying. And, and um, I've had some I cared about, but they want to count the days I hunt. Yeah. This last time, I've been dating a little girl a couple of weeks. Went off for six weeks. I was supposed to be gone for three. Mm-hmm. She didn't say a word. So I still got her. That's a good so, one. Yeah, yeah. If they'll feed dogs. They ain't got to pick ducks and clean rabbits. They ain't grandma. I mean, they don't make them like that no more. But uh, if, if they don't bitch about your hunting, you know, and they'll go sometime. And, and they learn what color, electronic collar goes on what dog and what that dog's name is. And you got 10 of them, she's a keeper. So, so. So, th- so the one that you're with now, you've been with for almost a year, huh? Yeah, she's a nurse. When you start getting old like me, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're dating nurses. <laughs> my uh, my grandfather, my grandfather Ron says there is nothing more ugly than a woman your own age. <laughs> I like him. Where was he from? My, it's my dad. Where, where where was he from? He's from well, he's from Kansas, but he's lived in Texas his whole life. And he says there ain't nothing you. uglier than a woman his own age. I got you. I got you. But he's 74. Well, so you got a ways. You got a ways to catch up. They're not. I'm telling you what. You, you, don't, you don't have to have one every day like you used to when I was young. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, if they give me too much grief, they will get down the road. These, you know, good, ones, good ones need to come in a six-pack anyway. <laughs> You know, in case one gets sick or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. They get into your hunting time. You know, there's another old bachelor that I know that has worked for us a little bit that you used to run around with. Is John Clark still around? Oh my God, he called me yesterday. Yeah, we hunt together still. We hunt. We hunt. Uh, yeah, but you know why he's you know why he's a bachelor? He explained it to me one time. I got some stories on him. <laughs> oh God. Hey, look up. Uh, he told me, he said, Rainey, I'm a fireman, and I work a day on, I work a day off. If I had a wife, she'd want me to stay with her on the day off, and I want to hunt. Mm-hmm. So that's, right. that's basically why he ain't uh, why he ain't married. So well, he, it works for him. Well, he would run off to California and hunt two days and drive all the way back sometimes. He is crazy. He still, he's in California right now. They comes back and forth and everything, but he called me at one time. I'm going to Wyoming. I said, really? How come? Uh, uh, my buddy limited it seven minutes up there. I said, John, or what are you doing in California? Well, uh, it's taking me about two and a half hours to limit. I said, well, 
you know, I know you don't drink coffee because you ain't no Southern boy. You're a liberal Democrat with a gun and two retirements. I don't understand that. Shit. Is he really but, uh, a Democrat? What did I say? Oh, my he God. He had a sticker on the truck I had to put on, uh, mud on, because my buddies made fun of me. He said, too poor to vote Republican. Yeah, he, he is a Democrat. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, like I said, anyway, I said, well, why don't you just drink some coffee and enjoy that two and a half hours? Do like them sport riders used to tell me. Watch the tangerine sun come up like a water mocking on a cold, misty morning and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But, um. Yeah, he wants to go. I'm going to shoot him in seven minutes. He's going to drive from California to Wyoming and shoot ducks in seven minutes. Hell, what the hell are you going to do the rest of the day? <laughs> yeah, he was. He he worked for me a couple of winters part-time. He'd like he'd call me up, hey, I could help Tuesday and Wednesday if you need. And the next week it would be Wednesday and Thursday. And he was driving back and forth from Shreveport, going to the fire station, drive all the way back here and hunt two days and go back to Shreveport. I know. And I couldn't believe it. And then he told me he was going to oh, California. He's a crazy. He's crazy. He has seven duck boats, seven duck boats, and four bass boats. I said that's enough, John Clark. Mm-hmm. You call me. I need another cover built. No more boats, John Clark. <laughs> he ain't got no. He ain't got no woman to tell him no. So he has a decoy trailer full of geese, snow geese in Canada and ducks. Two of them in Oklahoma. Two of them in California, and two of them in Mississippi. And matching. I mean, and looking at it, matching guns in all three places. Wow. I said, why you got matching guns? So I don't have to travel with them. <laughs> Lord, I'm just telling you. So is he, is he retired from firemen? Oh, yeah, he's retired from the uh, from uh, Army Reserves and Fire Department. Wow. two pensions. Wow. Got a gun, two pensions, and he's still a damn Democrat. <laughs> That's crazy. Do, 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 y'all, uh, do you two guys go at it pretty hard over, over politics? I don't allow him to talk politics with me. You just don't let him. Because it pisses me off. Yeah, just don't let him do it. We don't talk politics. He wants to talk religion. I ain't got a problem with that. I, you know, I go to church all the time when it ain't hunting season. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't talk politics because. Well, that's good. Anybody that's got a gun and want to vote for people who want to take them is an idiot. That, pretty simple right there. That's crazy. Pretty I mean, simple. Really? Well, where's, where's he hunting out in California at? Uh. His dad is like 94, so he goes and stays six months at a time with him. He's got some good spots up there. They kill lots of Let me tell you something about California. They kill eight specklebellies. Yep. What the hell? Okay? Eight specklebellies. That's right. Here's how that works. This is the screwed up thing about it. It's based upon man hours. Okay? Mississippi Flyway has the most people hunting. It has less days. It gets 60. You know, y'all get, what, 100? Yeah, 105, they get 111 I think. up there. Yeah, yeah, okay. You see, that's why they get all those days. So, in, in the bag limits. Right. Because there's not that many people that hunt that state. I guess that's the only thing about living in a democratic state is don't nobody hunt, but, but, but um, a few. So, yeah, he gets to hunt more than any man I know. Even more than me, shit. Maybe that's why I'm pissed off at him all the time. Now, does he have? Uh, now, does he get to shoot the Aleutian Canadas? Yes, he shoots some of them. He sure does. The Duskies, yeah, he sure does. Um, uh, yep, uh, they uh, get off track, and they've uh, he sent me pictures of uh, of uh, Eurasian widgeons and stuff. They get some weird stuff in California because it, you know, it's right there on the 
he crosses the ocean, sits down right there, and says, "Hell, I'm lost." Yeah. So um, that that is something that I really want to shoot because I think you can shoot but those. He's in always like been on a spec call, you know, and he brought that spec call up there, and uh, he, he's always been real good on that. And now they're getting they're getting pretty salty in California on spec call. They were a little behind. Do you, you know? That old Shane Kai call. Do you ever have one of those? Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. Can you still yeah, find them anywhere? I uh, I've got the stuff from Salzman because I went to his house and I've got the old Fuller reeds, you know, out of the combs he used to make and all that. And he made us ten acrylics. The only acrylic saw uh, Salzman calls ever. Shane Kai. He made ten of them. And I think they kept two, and I ended up with two of them, and the other guy. Guys ended up with a few of them. I had, but, I had, I had one of the ones from the early nineties, and I have looked everywhere for it, and I cannot find it. And it, it was made out of an old duck call, maybe, wasn't it? Well, you see, he was the only one that got unstamped old tubes from old okay. at that time. They yeah. had a deal because they was went all the way back, like the Fox and him and them. Um, I look around, see what I got. Yeah, well, I'm I want I'm 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 with them to add to my collection of stuff, but I had that, for, and I cannot find it, and I've looked everywhere for it. And it's funny, as long as I've been in the business, a lot of things from back when I first started that I had, I can't find no more, or things I really want to just display. So, you know, I, I tell you what, uh, uh, they've come a long way to inspect calls. There's several good ones on the market. I'm so old, even, uh, even though John Stevens, I remember when he was short-haired and everything. He won a goose hunt when he won the regional in Jackson, Mississippi that Buck put on. And he won a goose hunt from me. And I remember he was all clean cut and <laughs> he got a beard long <laughs> Yeah, you, when you go to a duck calling convention or contest nowadays, you don't know if you're at a Harley Davidson rally or a duck calling contest. You know, you know, I'll tell you something. Phil told me many years ago. Uh, he didn't really care for me too much because I had two girlfriends for like three years and they worked the same booth together. I really didn't give a shit. <laughs> he told me, he said, the man's supposed to have a long beard, not long hair. That's what the Bible said. Well, they all got long hair nowadays. I don't know. They must have found a little hidden spot in there. But I always kept my long hair. I really didn't care what anybody else thought about it. When, when time, the eighties came around, I was waiting on that hairband stuff. I've been waiting <laughs> on that two years. That's uh, the glory days. Uh, <laughs> I had a comment on Facebook. I made a comment one time. I made a post one time about girls wearing painting this red and blue in their hair. These beautiful women, and they got these red streaks in their hair. And I'm like, what the hell is that all about? And some women commented, and you commented on there, and you said, Jeff, I ain't ever going to talk about anybody else's do. <laughs> Man, I, I was dating a hairdresser a few years ago before I got that one I thought I cared about. And, uh, and uh, she knew I had a date, so I'm going to get a little peekaboo streak, a little, little white streak. And uh, I'll, I'll post you a picture later of it. And, uh, man, that girl messed me up so bad. Half my hair was barbie blonde. <laughs> said, you can't go on that date now. You'll have to come get it fixed. I said, no, i got to go on the date. Uh, I'd come back the next night and get it fixed, but it matched the old girl's hair. Uh, I send you a picture. I posted a picture of it a while ago. You'll like that. But I don't. I don't date my hairdressers no more. No, that that saying. that is a dangerous situation, especially if you're going to have a couple girlfriends. And uh, yeah, well, I, ain't, I don't. I don't roll like that no more. They always told me you'll get old someday. And you won't give a damn about them. I was thinking, oh man, you don't know shit. Well. <laughs> 
Oh man, they've been young, but I've never been old. They was pretty smart. That, that, that's that's right. So, uh, did you know Phil and them back in the day, way back before they become Doc Dynasty? Yeah. No. Well, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. John Gimber used to guide for me, which was Kay's uh, nephew. Yeah, I knew him. I knew him when he had tape one. We uh, worked in a little booth in the same uh, Lawrence booth that it was. We were sponsored by Lawrence. I had that, my first hog tapes in there, and he had them. But he was a uh, tape tape one. After tape one, he was pretty well famous to us duck hunters in Louisiana. It took the rest of them a while to catch on. We went to went to Shreveport probably nineteen ninety seven ninety eight. Yeah, and um, he had a booth next to me, and we were visiting and stuff. But I'm gonna tell you when he walked in that convention center, Jesus Christ could have walked in there, and there wouldn't have been any more people jumping up and down excited as it was to see Phil Robertson walk in. Had people get yes, sir, and he, and he got over and he did a little speech uh, about God, and, and after he did his little speech on the duck blinds, and um, if you remember, it was one man, one woman. <laughs> I had one on each door. <laughs> <laughs> one man, one woman. <laughs> yeah, he's a card. But he was very knowledgeable, and I've hunted the uh, same place his old blind was in Felsen's all back in the day. He was a real deal. Ain't no doubt about that. He really he really was. He was a wild one too. He ain't from Monroe, Louisiana. Okay. He grew up right here and went to Vivian High School and grew up in Dixie, right here where I rat hunt at. So that's where he's really from. And then they moved to Monroe later on. It so. it, it, it did at at the hunting show it looked like parting of the Red Seas whenever he walked down that aisle. I mean there were there were Folks, just getting out of the way so that Phil could could walk through. It was something. Oh, to see. He, he's he, he's a car, but but you know he sure messed up our duck hunt. <laughs> he got a lot of kids hunting though. You. Man, you can stand on a duck blind here on Caddo Lake, and I counted thirty-one duck blinds. Wow! That you can see for one. Now everybody thinks they got pressure. That's pressure. Yeah, we ain't got no ducks. If we were someplace else, be, and I already felt some thought <clears throat> in some of them other places, and, and uh, the young ones are just so ruthless. Mm-hmm. They get off of you 80 yards. When I got it, I could have guided those places. I never did because I couldn't control the property. What was around you? I couldn't you? control somebody sky busting me, getting on the downwind side and all that kind of stuff. So I never did. But uh, that green, green timber, I think it's overrated. I would rather hunt feed fields. Like your dudes hunting like we all are. Yeah. And have them land on your chest. They land on your chest. Mm-hmm. That's more fun to me, watching 300 mallards just cut and move and fight bumblebees until they come in. But, you know, everybody... You know, Arkansas is trying to do something about that pressure. Yeah. It's like that you can't buy a full-term license now. You have to buy, the, was a five or six day? Well, so you it- basically hunt 30 days in the... In the WMAs. And the spinner is also, uh, having the, they've outlawed it in Arkansas also, haven't they? On public. Yes, on public. On you public. know, Dad, well, you know, it ain't going to hurt them folks to learn about decoy placement and working birds. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't learn to work birds in Arkansas. I learned to work birds when I was a Canada goose guide in South Dakota because it started September 1st and I couldn't shoot ducks or anything but Canada geese in the early season, but I was in camouflage. Right. And I had duck decoys out there for 
for uh, confidence, and you didn't get a knot in your throat because you knew you couldn't shoot them. Mm-hmm. So we would just you land them ducks. We just try all kinds of Illinois bouncing hens and double plucks and Cajun squeals and just to see how they acted. Because mm-hmm. usually you get them in at thirty yards, twenty five, you're gonna kill them. Right. Yeah. Well, that's how I really learned to work ducks. Then I'll go back in the spring. I got all. I got September. I died there for Canada geese. October first to be for ducks. Then I come right home and go to Arkansas. November, December, January. And then I'd go back up there for the for the uh the uh white goose season. So I learned as much during the white goose season in the spring too. Because I couldn't shoot anything. Right. And I couldn't shoot the Canada, so I'd be calling them. Mm-hmm. And uh that's basically but I still didn't get no fancy stands field left. <laughs> I got it six months out of the year. <laughs> and I still didn't have any no money ground luck, so <laughs> That 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 is uh that is interesting though about you know so you you basically just you tried everything during September at those ducks to see what what wouldn't wouldn't work. Yeah, because cause I couldn't kill them. Right, and I knew I couldn't kill them, so I didn't give a damn if it. So they went off. Yeah. we would count coup on them, you know, just get them to how they how they touch them. Uh huh. You just almost because they'd be landing and they just start filling up and just landing landing all over you. That's fascinating. I, I'd rather do that than, than flooded timber any day. That's just anybody can kill ducks in flooded timber. If you can kick the water and get to the damn hole and beat them kids, <laughs> here's what them kids in Arkansas do now. They pull up. I had to get up at eleven thirty at night. Okay, we had to leave at one fifteen. We had to get there, launch out, sit in the river, cut at four, go in there. Then you got to sleep in the boat two and a half hours after you've been up all night. Right. What them kids do at four o'clock? Watch this. They get on track shoes. One of them kids will leave his waders in the boat and get down to some clothes, and he'll take one decoy and a flashlight. And at 4 o'clock, he runs straight through them woods and that flutter stuff. And he gets that hole, puts that decoy, and shines that light. And then the boat's easy, and, <clears throat> and they bring his waders and his fresh clothes. Huh. Now, you can't beat a 17-year-old in track shoes. No. No, so, never. <clears throat> I, so I, it's a, it's I would hear, I heard a couple of years ago that some of the public water around Dallas that they were paying homeless people to go sleep in the duck blinds. And they well, would, they used to pay kids a long time ago, but they've got to stop that shit because right. you know them game wardens ain't stupid. Right. And people complain, and you know, I mean, <clears throat> if you got the hole there and you can kick some water, you ain't got to have decoys. You ain't really got to have a call if you're in. The, you know about being on the X. That's right. You're in the X, everything's great. Yeah. So it makes them boys feel like they're real waterfowlers to hunt that green timber. Mm-hmm. But now when you get on out in the blind or you have to, you know, learn to work ducks, it's a different story. That's just my opinion on it. What What's the most unusual thing you've ever shot? Oh, last year I shot a banded spoonie. Wow. He was with the teal, and I shot him in North Dakota, 1,300 miles from my house, and he was banded 20 miles from my house. What? Uh, Skipper Dixon and him, they don't sport south the, in ba- Minoc. That is And amazing. look, look, he come in, and he was, I had my buddies 150 yards away and 100 yards away, and I'm on the island. We split up in three groups, and the teal come in, I went boom, boom, boom. And I went out there, and look, I seen the lips on him, and I said, well, <laughs> And I looked, and there was a band. 
I knew they didn't dance for me. I felt them. I felt the band. I made sure I wasn't dreaming. Then I did my little victory dance. So my buddy said, what the hell did you shoot? I said, a spoonie. What are you dancing for? Said he's banded. They don't band spoonies. I got that, and I have a double banded hoodie merganser. Wow. Those are two trophies. Yes, yes. And I have a ring net, which is like three you know, rarest diver band. So I guess that makes me the trash master. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's okay. You know, I, um, we, we've done a lot of talking and, and, and when we started this podcast, I wanted to be completely open with everybody and I will shoot a spoonie if that some bitch comes in and you have just, I'm going to be shooting every spoonie that comes in now because they ban those, you know, they ban those fuckers the, too. The feds was right there in the bushes. <clears throat> When I come out, when I shot him, you could shoot eight teal that week. Uh-huh. Right? You know, you eight ducks because you shoot teal. All those two were teal in our Dakotas last year. So I had killed those two teal, and I finished out with my spoonies. Yeah. <laughs> <Just in case laughs> so when I hit the back, the guy looked at me, and he looked at all them bands around my neck, and he looked in my boat. He said, you shot spoonies. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, but I shot a band of spoonies. So I finished out with him. He said, they don't make banded spoonies. I said, he said, I'm a bird banner from Colorado. Can I take a picture of them? Oh, he thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And, man, I rooted them boys I was with because they wanted to shoot spoonies the whole time. I had to squash on that. <laughs> I mean, we always shoot spoonies. I had a guy from Alabama back before I knew they banned spoonies. And, and the dude's in there, he goes, kill them. So they shot. They were spoonies. Mm-hmm. That's the third flock I wouldn't call a shot on. He said, why do you not call the shot? He said, MR ducks. We come all the way from Bama, shoot ducks, and you're going to mess your tip up. I said, Kill him, Spoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 have, I have no problem sleeping at night after I've shot a couple Spoonies. Hey, Randy, you know, you, all the guiding years you've done. Did you ever, if, if you had a party and they shot a banded bird and nobody saw it but you, did it go in your pocket? Well, I'm going to tell you, I had one of my guides, okay, and he has a band flowers and a fake band in his pocket, okay, mm-hmm. and he caught him taking a band off. He said, okay, here's your band. He said, he's a fake band. He said, oh, man, you've been playing a joke on me. Uh... He just stole your band. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I get there the night before, I say, you got any bands? Oh, I got some somewhere. It's probably my last panties drawer. Well, you ain't going to get another. Okay? If you got two bands on your lanyard and you really love them, I want to make sure you get the band, buddy. Because they need to go to people that appreciate them. But that was before you could buy them on the internet, house. Yep. Okay? Yeah. I mean, now everybody, you've been water for four years, long enough to grow you a damn beard and get 60 bands. Really? Yeah, but you know, it's all it, it's it's something. Who the hell? Who the hell sells a band though? I mean, can you imagine you selling your bands? That's like a a trophy for life. I know. I don't, I don't get. It. I don't look here. I'm gonna tell you a story. One of my girlfriends came to my house one time before you had all that cell phone shit, and she broke in my house and checked my collar ID and got a number off there and got the address and went to the girls house at four in the morning well some girls out there beating on the door ring i said screw her <laughs> no she she's got something in her hand dales or something i said what 
I went out there. She said, I'm going to just draw him. If you don't come out, I said, give me my shoes. The girl said, please, I'm like, you better give me my shoes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, then now I lock them in the gun vault, brother. Yeah. Okay? Don't, yeah. Times change. It I'm just telling you. It only takes once. It, Lord. I've seen some fights over bands. I, I have. I've seen some straight up brawls over them. I don't doubt it. I mean, you know, I had I had a 15 year old kid one time, and whatever was 76 ducks. He had three ducks to go. So I got the guy. The kid wasn't shooting, but he said he shot everything in the world. And the daddy's kind of holding back. I said, "Y'all come on out here with me. We'll finish y'all out." Well, it's 10 o'clock. I got to quit shooting at 11. But that's when all the ducks come back. And the daddy couldn't shoot. Apparently, the kid couldn't shoot. They got three boxes of shells. They're out. I have the only gun. My gun shoot three and a half. That's what I had. Their guns wouldn't. I gave the man my gun. And the kid was so used to saying, I got that one. I got that one. When the man killed the last duck, the kid goes, I got that one. I just kidding me. You got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I got that one. So, so you mentioned uh, decoy placement earlier, and you, you alluded to that being the most yeah. important thing. What what do you try to do with you, with your decoys? Well, see, back in the day before they had all this fancy shit, I, I would I you know I'm sponsored by a bunch of little decoy companies, and because mm. I did TV shows and magazines, and they would send them so say Gadwalls. I'd use four carry light, four G and H, four flambos, you know, and then that, other than that, there really wasn't no other companies. At that time, you know, mm-hmm. but I'd use them because they got different sizes, feather detail, head turns. But nowadays they make those for you. Right. But back then they didn't. And, you know, I just, I'd let my species make my holes. And I use shit like that. Everybody from here want to put out mallards and pintails. Okay. You don't kill pintails in North Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Not that many mallards. That's the hatch. Look at what was on that hole yesterday. Did you some ring that decoys? Get you a couple wisdoms. Get you some gadwalls. Get you some teal. But, mm-hmm. you know, nowadays they're getting a lot more savvy. But back then, you know, the old-timers got them flambos and put a donut around their blind like, don't land here. There's no <laughs> landing hole. It's a big old donut. It's a lot in 12-foot water, rough water, on a fixed blind to put out 200 decoys and let your and have them not touch. And that's me. I can't stand that. I got to fix everything and move everything. I'm that one. <laughs> but uh, does it help? <clears throat> I don't know. Sometimes I think it has. Yeah. And, um, but nowadays they've got they've got some. I have a decoy addiction. It's like my buddy, sick two hundred dollars for six damn skunk decoys, and he got to put it in my hand while we're both fishing. Look at these I won, Randy. No one I was going to have to buy them for half price. <laughs> Put them in the layout spread. <clears throat> but they've got some good decoys nowadays. Yeah. They, they got, they, but I've seen some slimy stuff in the waterfowl industry. And I've had some good friends just get screwed. Like Randy Bart's the flag man. They should have took patents out on their shit before everybody else did. Yeah. And just like my old stuff, Waterfowl Mercenary Guide Service, I didn't patent that. So the mother boys make hats and shirts out of it. They... They patented the name that I had 20 years. thought that was kind of rotten, too. But, you know, wow. that's, the, that's the industry. Wow. You know, it's business, you know. Yeah. Well, Randy so, Bartz is a neat, 
Randy Bartz is a neat he guy. Fine fella. He sure is. He used to come hunt with me every year after they do the shot show, like when it was in New Orleans or Houston or what, back in the day. Uh, a group of them would, you know, you know, they'd come down and hunt Arkansas because back then, you know, we had birds a lot. You know, Missouri wasn't the map it is nowadays. Below Stuttgart, which is was phenomenal. <clears throat> now, waterfowling, it's a, it's a business. Now you've got all these new hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of outfitters. Mm-hmm. You remember back in the 90s, there wasn't many of us, buddy. No, there sure wasn't. I mean, you know. And where you hunted up there in Knox and uh, Benjamin Franklin, all that kind of stuff, there wasn't hardly nobody up in there. Me and Clark used to hunt that in the early 80s. And I think y'all and one other was the only ones in, you know, in town. <clears throat> but they didn't have a they didn't have a culture for that because they never had Canada geese. They were just a gift from the heavens one day. That's right. Yeah. Whole different deal. So, um, you know, Randy, do you talk to Randy anymore? I do. I do. I talk to him. Uh, he's on my Facebook. We just and I talked to him not too long ago. It was about three months ago. Well, two months ago, I declared him dead because Andy, we were talking about the flag. I think is one of the greatest inventions ever in waterfowl, and I said. Randy Bartz, and he said, is he still alive? I said, I think he passed away. And then, like, two days no. later, I got a friend request from him on Facebook. And then, No, he's, he's still alive. Yeah, and then we had a guy on here the other day, Scott Trinan with Molt Gear, and Scott says he, he watches them hunt all the time because they hunt out of Rochester. But Randy and Mike Ducart came up here in the early 90s. What a, gen, what a nice gentleman. Really neat guy. You know, he used to hunt South Dakota with me, too. I used to go out there at Paris Park. He would come up and try his uh, – his uh, inventions out, his new kites, like the thirty foot poles, the three kites, and all that stuff. So he'd come up and spend some time with me, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> he's as nice as they come. He is too nice. Him and him and Ron Winicky were two of the neatest guys when it came to gadgets that I've ever had at the lodge. I was there the night that I guess his company folded. Uh, we was up in uh, uh, Botano at the Snow Goose Shootout uh-huh. in Winicky. I think he got news from his biker or something that they wouldn't know. But that was it for him. He, I think he got out of it. Yeah, he guided for Just me right for two there. years. Nice guy. Big old boy. Yeah, he couldn't move very fast. He had bad ga- <laughs> he, he got gout one morning, and he couldn't even get out of the hole. But he could what blow was his th- little buddy, Tom Schultz? What was his buddy? Tom little, Stutzman. Stutzman, I think. Yeah, Stutzman. That's it. Hey, nice guy. I remember back then, uh, we was at the – I remember that's when ground had lightning strikes cut in his head, in his hair, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like Martin Simpson. <laughs> it was with grounds, and I love grounds. That was my buddy. I was looking at the thing, you know, of course, I ain't wanting to make fun of nobody's hair, dude. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But <laughs> thinking, who's this guy? <laughs> hell, he would be a waterfowl legend. He was, he was pretty famous then, but it was the hair, dude. That's what God made face masks for. That's another thing. You know, we wear face masks. We don't wear that type shit. Mm-hmm. Amen on that. And we, we, you know, that face mask, you, you just go over there and look at somebody's pie hole. You, my buddy started wearing them. They laughed at me at first, old school. Then we started taking pictures. And you can't see me. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all them faces stand out and all that face paint all smeared and stuff. So... I think that that's another thing that can probably help a lot of people. Concealment. It's, it's, it's 
find is scouting. Because binoculars are your friend. Scout. But you know, it don't mean no good to scout unless you have permission. Right. That's a beautiful thing about Dakotas. A lot of it's still attainable. But we got tricks because them guys from South Carolina, they own shrimp boats and shit, okay, that I go with. So we bring snapper, flounder, and shrimp. Mm-hmm. And we knock on your door. And even if you don't let us hunt, we say, well, man, we want to give you this shrimp anyway. Okay? There you go. And here's our number if you ever change your mind. We just hunt their place and their cousin's place and their sister-in-law's place, okay? So. Look at there. Not about the money. It's yeah. about, you know, that seafood does amazing place thing. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's right. I, when we went, we went to North Dakota a couple of years in a row, just hunting, and we're probably going to go again this year. And we go up there and we hunt, just just the guy hunt, just no customers, have a good time, and go up there for right. five, five days. And I loved it because it reminded me of what life must have been back in the mid '50s in this country. You go to a little town, you eat at the cafe, you visit with the locals, you get to know people, you get permission to go hunt somewhere, whether you do good or bad, hunt morning after. It's the, it's the the important part is being out with your friends and getting to enjoy that. You know, they have no, that's the only place. You can look on the map, and they won't have a hotel. And four out of five towns might not even have a damn gas station. When mm-hmm. I first rolled in the, there to God for Prairie Sky, I said, well, I just go to Walmart and get what I need. <laughs> it's 79 miles away. I said, well, a grocery store guy, it's 58 miles away. I said, what the hell? <laughs> when this ladies told you 12 o'clock was dinner, it wouldn't know I'll get a hamburger. It better be there at 12 o'clock. Uh-huh. I'm just telling you, uh, they put the food up. That's, that's it, was the, a, it was a different world. When we, <laughs> when we went up there, that's exactly how we picked a place to go. As I got on the Internet and I found a place that had a hotel that had some rooms, got us a hotel room booked, and I made sure they had restaurants. Just because of what you said, I didn't want to stay somewhere where we were going to have to drive an hour to go eat dinner. You know, but they're smart. Every town, look, the town we stay in, it ain't got no damn restaurant. They ain't got no gas station, but they got a bar with soup. They oh make yeah, soup with sandwiches. Yeah, yep. Every one of them's got a bar. Now, when you ain't got, you ain't big enough to have a gas station or a store, but you got a bar. Mm-hmm. That that ought to tell you why they drink the most beer of any other state in the United States per person. There ain't a lot to do up there in December and January and February, I don't think, but drink. Right, that's that's all there is to do. So I mean, it, it's and I don't drink. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't have any vices except shooting stuff in the face and chasing skirts. And if they run too fast, I don't chase them. So. <laughs> What, I'm what's, live to be an old man. What's the plan for Randy Gary this year? What, what you going to the Dakotas, Canada? What do you got planned this fall? Uh, both the Dakotas and Canada. Uh, first thing I'll do is I'll go to Oklahoma in September uh, to shoot the teal and the Canada geese mm-hmm. and the pigeons and doves, and then I'll go to North Dakota and we'll, South Dakota first. Do a little pheasant hunting, North Dakota. Hunt at least a week, take a break, do a bunch of pigeon hunting, because that's some exciting stuff. And uh, then start back on the ducks and geese and in Canada somewhere uh, for a week, 10 days in there. And then uh, I'll go to South Louisiana with my boys, because they they got some fine hunting, nice guys, and they good tuna-ass cooks. uh, They good old boys. That that one of them's child, uh, Keith Richards, his child is called 161 Marlins. Wow. 
The boy's 15 years old. Wow. Yeah. That's but he never shot a groom head in flooded timber, so he come with us to Arkansas. Now, he thought that's cool. <laughs> now, he's been shooting ducks his whole life. They got some amazing places down there. And then uh, if the ducks don't cooperate, I'll do the layout boats here in North Louisiana. And then if the ducks don't cooperate, I'll bust out them rabbit dogs. Well, so, you got an open invitation anytime you want to come to Big Hawker Lodge or come to Oklahoma and hunt with us. Man, I need to bring the rabbit dogs up there with y'all. I've told you and told okay. you to that. Anytime. I'm not playing with you. I'm, I'm not either. All right. Let me All tell you right. something. Those coon asses come up here and they go hog hunting with us and they'll and we'll drive around okay. these fields and they'll be like, God almighty, there's rabbits everywhere. And there are. I know. Y'all got them, man. Y'all got them. And y'all are open later in Oklahoma. Y'all are open until March 16th. Oh, we, we don't close even, February 28th. Well, we don't. the rabbit hunting I was talking about was in Texas. We don't even have a season in Texas. Well, y'all are open all year there. Yeah. 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 I got a text line. I go over there. I go right across the line. I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Just tell me. And, hell yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. You can come out here and rabbit hunt, and you ain't got to worry about a freaking gator, a water moccasin, or any of that shit. <laughs> you know, my buddies, uh, my buddies, they don't. A lot of them are black, and they don't. They won't hunt until way up in January because they scared them snakes. I don't blame them. I am well, too. Well, they 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 scared to death of them. But <clears throat> a dog's like a woman, you know. You got a bunch of good ones, but you know, every once in a while you get a great one. You might need to leave him at the house and just take the good one because you can get some more good ones. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want a girl no prettier than you can go to the bar and get another on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't drink, so I'm a designated driver. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, my buddies all like me because I would take the thick girl. You see? Because if you take the thick girl, she's going to have two cute friends because she's got to have a good personality because she's thick. Uh -huh. So if you do things properly, she's going to tell her friend. <laughs> and then you'll get to have them too. <laughs> Just so y'all know. You're, you're more than alive. You know, waterfowl and women are just alike. They don't know what they want to hear till you tell them. That's right. That's right. So, Words to live by. Now, Randy, you know, yep. you know Dave Reese, and I've told Andy this before. I've had a bunch of guys work for us, and a lot of who's who's guys. Dave Reese is the best goose hunting guy I've ever had work for me. Man, he, you know what? He had good teachers, you know, and you got to realize where he was from. That's right. They thought the Canada geese was extinct until they found them in his town. Mm -hmm. I mean, the giant Canada. They, you know, they thought they were extinct. And he'd been hunting them since he was a child. And Bart ain't no slouch. They took him, you know, they taught him he had, you know, he had some good teachers. And that Texas two-step, oh, yeah, he, he got some skills. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> and, you know, we have to have taught him to blow a duck call, too. He is a killing Took machine. A <laughs> Yeah, that's my buddy, man. But he's married now, ain't he? Yeah, he's married, grown up. Married and kids. You know, we had... That sucks. When, <laughs> when, when we had uh, Scott training on, he he, you know, he kind of gave uh, Dave's secret, and it is what you talked about earlier. He keeps it simple, and he hides very, very well. It's concealment and scouting. Get on the X, get invisible, and, you know... If you've, if you've done that, you can kill them and make yourself look good. You can push it your way through the rest of it. But it's getting that property, too. Yeah. It'll do you no good if you can't. If you're looking at them, you can't get to them. Yep. 
That's right. You know, that's that's the thing about the Dakotas. That's the thing about Canada too. You know, it's still it's still wide ass open. But, you know, there'll be a time we won't be coming across that border with guns in Canada. It don't look like. That's what I'm thinking too. We talked about that the other I mean, day. It ain't good. That little fairy they got running that country. That's right. <laughs> I'm not sure he knows what bathroom he needs to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. But I love me some Trump. I don't give a shit who knows it. I love me some Trump. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I'm all about a wall. And if you don't want to be separated from your kids, don't bring them over here. Stay on your side of the border. That's Amen. just me. Amen, buddy. I'm right there with you. You know the good thing about being illiterate or legitimate white trash? Nobody expects shit from you. That's right. And when you ain't got no family and no wife and nobody can fire you from your place in employment because you're the damn boss, you can say what the hell you want to. That's right. That's the most beautiful thing about this country is freedom. And, and, and you know what, Randy, though? 60 70% of the people in this country agree with you on everything you said. I know, but they can't say it. Oh, see, that's right. You're right. They're, they're bound down by politics and politically correct shit and the more we do and the more we count the more we're ashamed to be hunters and stuff then uh you know and a lot of people hunt say oh i just hunt for me i don't put things on the wall hey well that's you bud Mm -hmm. but you know i trophy hunt too i shoot a bunch of stuff when i get all color stuff it gets mounted yeah i got i live in a shack but i got 200 mounts so (laughs) But, but the more we are ashamed to admit shit and we have to hide what we do that's how they, and I don't need a machine gun. I got them because, you know, because you told me I might not be able to have them. Do I need one? Probably not. If I, you know, if that Benelli, if you come through my door and that Benelli is empty and you're still coming, a machine gun ain't going to do me no damn good. <laughs> but it'll give them something to take so they take my shotgun. And the difference with us and the old men that we look up to now is when they tell us that shit, we don't believe them. Right. When we tell it, we're going to be able to have pictures. Yeah. Videos. I did this. I did that. Old man's crazy. Well, look at this shit. So, mm-hmm. so that's what, you know, that's what videos and pictures, because someday we won't be able to do what we do now. That's a sad world we're going to live in, but you are exactly right. Well, our grandpas, they'd have a fit. If they come back today, they would just wonder what the hell happened to this country. People fought and died for this thing. And I don't take a knee. I stand. And if you don't want a gun when shit gets heavy, get behind me because I'm going to have two of them. <laughs> so if you want to kneel, kneel behind me, you're going to be safe. Yeah. Until I run out of ammo. So well, well, I'm going to come up and hunt with y'all this year. I, 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 I wish it, you would, Randy. You're always welcome here. And I appreciate you being on here. You're a, a true Louisiana icon is what I call you. You're one of a kind. And we, <laughs> not enough of you left. It's called a lot worse. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. Hey, I'll post you a picture of that old gal. I'll send you a picture of that hairdo. All right. My hairdresser. And you're going to laugh, okay? Now, now, uh, you're going to laugh. You're going to say, well, holy shit, he looks like a Barbie doll. <laughs> we got people from 24 countries and all over the United States except Rhode Island listen to us. And we get more and more listeners every day. They need to look you up at Randy Gary on Facebook. And <laughs> there you go. A true, go. A true we're gonna, treat. We're going to kill some. That's right. Anyways, I appreciate you, and I hope I hope we do see you this year. And like I've told you before, you're always welcome. Bring them dogs out here anytime you want to, sir. Hey, buddy, it's on. All right, y'all have a good night. Hey, thank Bye. you, Randy. Appreciate it. God Bye. bless you, bud.
right. Thank you. That was Randy Gary, ladies and gentlemen. He's something else. Oh, he's a he's a treasure. I'm telling you, and been that way since the first time I met him. He, uh. I'll never forget. I'm telling you, when he come up to us at Shreveport, he had them tattoos, and he'd come up and visited about duck and goose hunting, and and you know, when as soon as you talk to him, the man knows everything there is about waterfowl hunting. Right. I mean, he is a mastermind at it. And Zach was just just looking him up and down and all them tattoos and shit. <laughs> and he when he walked off, Zach goes, "That's a cool dude right there." And now Zach's got tattoos all over him, and he's a waterfowl guy just like that. He doesn't have the hair, though. Do yourself a favor. Go up, look up. Go look up Randy Gary on Facebook. You will not be disappointed. He's a great guy. I don't, I don't know anybody that doesn't like him. He's a cool son of a gun, I'm telling you right now. Anyways, I appreciate everybody listening. Go to iTunes and give us some reviews and get your tumblers. And the tumblers are going out tomorrow. I've got all the list of everybody that's won them, and I'm sending them tomorrow. I'm going to have time to get that done tomorrow. Also... We are drawing a winner for the four-man goose hunt giveaway that is on our Facebook right now. So you have, we're going to draw it on the 4th for the, the show that comes out on the 4th. So enter it if you have not done it already because we will draw a winner. And yeah, you're going to, it's completely free. All you got to do is show up, lodging and meals. Uh, it's prime time in November. If you want to shoot a spec that's going to go on the wall, that that is a great time. Um Looking forward to it. We've also got the uh, the podcast hunt. Uh, what it's seven fifty? What is it? Seven fifty a man? Seven fifty for three mornings, November nineteen, twenty, and twenty one. And I've got a few spots left. We're just I mean, we've had. We're, I think first group sold out. Now I'm working on second group. That's a great time to hunt. If you want to shoot a beautiful speck, my gosh, that's a good time to be here. All right. And um, before we get off here, I was going to mention something else, and it slipped my freaking mind. I was just thinking about it too. The iTunes, the hunt. Oh, Fourth of July. We're gonna have it. We'll have a podcast out on the Fourth of July, which is Wednesday, and that's when we'll draw the winner. And if you go to the lake, be safe out there. Be smart. No drinking, boating, or, or no driving while you're drinking. Please, we don't need anybody to have an accident. Anyways, God bless y'all. Y'all be safe. Uh, appreciate you for listening. Thank you very much. Have a good one, folks. Mm-hmm.